Welcome to Pure Mind Magic, the show to evolve your mind. Our mind is the most powerful thing we have, but no one teaches us how to use it. When we find out how, we're ready to create magic in life and in business. Learn real mindset secrets from brilliant minds around the world to change your mindset and income level forever. With every decision you make, you create your future. What is your next move? Now, welcome your host. International magician, speaker, and podcast performance consultant, Jennifer S. Royal. Hi, this is Jennifer, and thank you so much for tuning in to Interview Friday with my amazing guest, Sarah Rui Werner. She is an expert in podcasting, we can say. She's also a writer and a teacher and loves everything between technology and creativity. She is a contributor to the Forbes magazine and the host of the Right Now podcast, as well as the Girl in Space podcast, What is an Audio Drama. So we will talk today about writing and especially about writing and creating a content because most people have to come up with a lot of content and obviously you need to have a content strategy behind it. So she will share some insights on how Sarah manages to stay creative like 24 hours. At least it feels like that. And she really loves teaching how she does it. So you will feel it. She's very good in writing and in speaking. So she masters both talents and really has a lot of wisdom to share today. So stay tuned for this amazing interview. Before we start, I wanted to mention that the... Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass from my good friend Christine Slonsky is still going on and you can register for free for this online event to learn from 20 thriving entrepreneurs worldwide. They all have classes, teach classes about one hour and I'm one of them and everything has to do with sales and mindset and to get better in selling and to improve your mindset and break through mental blockages. And I was really surprised when I got this message this morning from Christine that she's extending like the VIP ticket for free through the whole weekend. So we have now May 24th to 2019 and for the whole weekend you can access every lesson from all the entrepreneurs so definitely check that out the link is in the show notes and grab your free ticket lean back and get inspired and now also get inspired from today's guest Sarah Rui Werner and here she is for you hi Sarah welcome to Pure Mind Magic Thank you, Jennifer. I am so excited to be here with you today. It is so cool to have you on sharing all your wisdom and your great positive energy on the show today. <laughs> and Sarah, I just said I can't wait to pick your brain because you do so many amazing things and you create so much 
awesome content. It's it's so fascinating where you get all these ideas from and <laughs> that you don't procrastinate and really make it all happen. So <laughs> before I can start with my list of 100 questions here, just joking, <laughs> please introduce yourself to the audience. Of course. Um, let's see. My name is Sarah Ray Werner, and I'm a creative professional. I podcast professionally. I write professionally. Um, I do sort of coaching and mentoring for other creative folks professionally as well. Um, I currently have two podcasts going right now. One is a nonfiction podcast, and it is for writers, and it's called Right Now. And my other podcast is a fictional podcast, and it's called Girl in Space, and it's about a girl in space. And And I'm able to do this full-time. Um, I recently uh, left a full-time job in marketing. I was in marketing for about 10 years and decided that that's not what I wanted to do with my life. And so now uh, I get to create for a living and it's an absolute delight. Wow, that is so fascinating. I just came across a book where I read that it's so important to really get into the process of creating instead mm -hmm. of just consuming all the time, because this is what most people do. So they consume one podcast after another, one book after another, reading all these articles, blogs, but they just consume and take all this input and like hoarding all the information and then there is no mm. output. So what would you say is the best transition to make a shift here and go from just consuming to actually creating or even producing? Mm. Oh, that's such an excellent question. I love this question. Um, so it, you're right. It is, it is a it is a progression. It's a process. So going from um, consuming to creating, um, one one idea that I would have for people is to if you're looking to make that jump, um, to to really sit down and process what it is that you've been consuming and think about what, what is most interesting to you? What matters most to you? What intrigues you the most? And I think that that's a really good place to start when you're looking for new ways to create is to just start feeding off of all of those things you've consumed. You know, you've been taking in all these ideas, all this energy. Now it's time for you to process it and maybe let it out into the world with your own spin or your own ideas attached to it. Very nice answer here. So Sarah, I'm really curious. You mentioned that you've been in a corporate job working in marketing for so many years. And then it seems a really big transition that you made your dream come true and you make a living now from it, from this mm -hmm. living, all this creativity. So what would you say happened in your mindset, like almost mm. going from one life to another? Oh, what an ex that's you're just asking all these amazing questions. Um, I've listened to a couple episodes of your show, but not every single episode, but I'm sure that you've probably talked about um, the idea of a mastermind group before. Mm hmm. Yes. And so I had, um, I was feeling some discomfort in my job. I was frustrated. Um, I, I wasn't able to grow as quickly as I wanted to. And so I joined a mastermind group and, um, that really, they really helped coach me into a new mindset because I had seen myself previously as trapped in a system that I couldn't get out of because, you know, if you want to make money, if you want to pay rent, if you want to buy groceries, um, if you want to live, you know, you need to work and, and to work, uh, to make money, you need to work. And so I didn't really see a way out of that system. And 
and the mastermind group really helped me to understand that I could be an entrepreneur, that I could make money for myself doing the things that I loved. And so that's really when my mind shift started to change uh, when I joined this mastermind group. And it, it took them... <laughs> Um, it took them a couple years and it took me a couple years of very intentional work on myself and my mindset to get to a place where I won't say that I necessarily felt safe or comfortable making the leap into being self-employed. Um, but I was excited about the risk. I was, I was in a place where I was excited for a change. I was ready for a change and they really helped me get there. And it was a really nice arrangement because in a mastermind group, you're not just taking, you're also giving back. And so as they were coaching me into leaving my day job and helping me build up a financial runway and get prepared to do some freelance stuff to sort of bridge the gap, I was helping them too. I was able to say, um, hey, you know, I want to help you. Here's what you can be doing. And so we, we all helped each other. Um, and it was just a fantastic experience. We all went through this mindset change together. And it was it was just a great experience. That's a fascinating story. And I know the value of masterminds and really having this supportive people around you that makes it easier. Yes. And I know that a lot of people are dreaming to make this transition. And as you mentioned it correct, like getting out of this trap, what is really tough. But the trick here is you have to be out in your mind first and you really mm -hmm. have to acknowledge it and believe it to be able to see this opportunity that is out there. Because I think when you are not ready from your mindset, you won't even see the chances mm -hmm. that are there online and in entrepreneurship. So first, when you are ready, it's like the outer world moves into your direction. <gasps> Yes, yes. What a that's a wonderful way of putting it. The whole world shifted because my mind changed. Yes. Very interesting, Sarah. So let's see. You are on your website, you have mentioned this very interesting thing that you are between technology and creativity. And I really love this description as a magician, because I'm like <laughs> in the same position as you can imagine. So there is this creativity coming up with all the magic and all the stories and the illusions. And then you have, of course, the technical part making it all happen, like building illusions, training your sleight of hands, working with cards and all that. So it's also bringing two worlds together and maybe yeah. you can describe how you do that in your job. Absolutely. Um, so when I first, let's see, even before I got into marketing, I was a writer. Um, I know a lot of us writes, a lot of us identify as writers, a lot of us do that in our free time just for fun or as a creative outlet. Um, but I, I had a second love and that was computers. Um, I was kind of a computer nerd. Um, I really enjoyed <laughs> technology. I was excited about the potential of what technology could do to, um, to the reading process, to the writing process. So I was I was very interested in where these two worlds uh, interacted, where that Venn diagram came together. And so I, I really wanted to see how each one could enhance the other. And so um, when I when I was in marketing, uh, I got into a niche of marketing that's uh, content marketing, but then also content strategy, which is looking at um, how are we creating uh, creative pieces? How are we creating uh, compelling content? And then how are we distributing that content? How are we um, 
putting it in front of people? How are people consuming it? And that's where a lot of the technology came into it. And so I became really fascinated by how we relate to the things we consume and how we relate to the things we create. And that, that relationship often happened via technology. And so I'm, I'm just, I still am really, really interested and excited by these two concepts coming together. And that's really where um, even my love of podcasting came from. It's use of a technology, a digital medium to tell these stories. Um, and, and the medium, uh, you know, as they say, the medium really is part of the message. It's it's such a unique way to tell a story and to get your message in front of somebody else. And so I just continue to be fascinated uh, by how these two things interact even today. That's really brilliant. And I totally agree with you that there is some special magic into podcasting. And I think it's really more emotional and it's mm -hmm. easier to connect with people because they are listening to directly with their earphones and they can tell from your voice like something about your personality and the mood you are in and everything you create. So I think it's it's really stronger than when you read something. But the interesting thing about you, Sarah, is that you are really moving in both worlds, in the audio production and also in the written word on paper or on screen. And yes. most people decide for one of them. So they have a blog or they have a podcast and you have both. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is fascinating in itself. And my question would be, I tell people that it can help finding that finding their voice, trying to mm. create a podcast or a blog or even a YouTube channel and finding out which one is their medium. So what would you say is the best way to test that? And why are you so exceptional and are brilliant in two worlds? <laughs> You are so kind. Um, I, I don't even like I'm like blushing right now. I don't know how to respond to being called oh, brilliant. Too bad so thank that we you. don't have video at the moment. <laughs> um, so so thank you first and foremost for those very, very kind words. Um, I so this my I think my answer here is going to be twofold. So um, first as to why I do both. Um, For me, it's just a little bit of if I'm not constantly creating and working on things and challenging myself, I get bored. And it's very, very selfish of me, I think, to say that. But it's it's also very true. I need to, in order to be my best self and in order to give people um, the best that I can give them, I need to make sure that I am challenged and happy and fulfilled with what I'm doing. So um, partially, I do it just because I enjoy it. It keeps me sharp. Um, And I've also noticed that writing makes me a better podcaster and podcasting makes me a better writer. And so um, for me, it's sort of a necessary balance to do both and to create in both worlds. Um, because when I have a dry spell with my writing, then I start talking things out out loud. I'll maybe produce an episode of the Right Now podcast and process how I'm feeling, get feedback immediately from listeners, and then be able to go back to whatever I'm writing with sort of a renewed spirit. And, and the same is true uh, the other way as well. Um, if I'm podcasting and I'm like, you know, I really want to create some art with some words right now. I want to be very intentional and deliberate with the words I'm creating. Uh, then I'll take a break and I'll write something. Um, so, so there's that factor in that I think the two um, both work together to help me really 
be a better creator in general. Um, also, accessibility is also something that's top of mind for me. When I was in the marketing world, um, I, I worked on a lot of websites and we had to do, I don't know if they have this um, all over the world, but in, in, the, in the States here, um, we have ADA compliance. So, access, so it's a type of accessibility compliance. And the, the rules there are sort of that you have to make sure that everything on a website is easy to read. You have to make sure that all of your videos have captioning so that everyone can consume the content. And I and I realized that um, I needed to have writing in addition to my podcasting because not everybody can hear a podcast. Not everybody um, has has hearing at that level. Not everybody's able to consume podcasts. And so there is a necessary writing component there too, whether it was creating show notes to accompany my podcast or uh, in the case of Girl in Space, making sure that my scripts were available um, so that if people couldn't listen to the show, they could at least read uh, the, um, the, screen, the screenplay for it. And so um, that's kind of where that came from. As for people finding their own voice, oh, that's such a, it's such a good question. And I think it's different for everyone. For me, um, my voice, and I, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I think my voice originally came from other people. And I, I say that because when I started writing, I was also reading a lot. And this goes back to our, our, earlier topic of consuming and creating and how you really need to be doing both. Um, and I was consuming and consuming. And I noticed that whenever I would create something after I would read a book, I would maybe lean a little bit more toward writing in the style of what I had just read. Or if I was creating a podcast and I listened to podcasts beforehand, um, whatever I listened to, that's what my next episode would kind of sound like. And it wasn't something I was doing intentional. I certainly wasn't trying to copy anyone, but we, we draw influence from what we consume. And so I, I think that discovering your own voice, it's really crucial to um, consume a diverse spectrum of sources. So if you have a favorite writer, that's awesome, or a favorite podcaster, that's awesome. But make sure that you're listening uh, to other things as well, just so that you don't end up as a copycat of that one person that you listen to. Um, in, a, in another way, I think that it's a good way to develop your voice is to say things out loud and read things out loud and figure out what is true to you. Um, a lot of our voice is rooted in truth and it's maybe not so much how we sound or what, or the words we say as much as it is how we flavor them and what our message is underneath. And so really, really taking the time to understand yourself, to become very self-aware, to understand what is true, what is not true, what you want to promote and what you don't want to promote in your creative work. I think it's really crucial to understand the underlying truths because I think that's where a lot of your voice is going to come from that was a perfect answer to my question oh. sarah <laughs> thank you <laughs> very good so i i wasn't expecting anything else of course <laughs> so <laughs> we got that covered for our audience because i think this is really something a lot of people are dealing with to find their voice and it, it's not so easy because we are so distracted nowadays and there are mm. so many opportunities and you really have to decide. So that was really helpful. 
Let's have a look at creating content because you do that all the time. And you mentioned before that you have even work with them some content strategies in place. Mm -hmm. So for people in the audience that are listening and they have a podcast or a blog or something similar, can you share some expert tips on how to develop a working content strategy? Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is really, I don't, I haven't talked about this in a while. So this is very exciting. Uh, so a content strategy is basically being smart about what it is you're creating and really having a deep understanding of not only what you're creating, but why you're creating it, uh, for whom you're creating it, how you're creating it, when you're creating it, you know, asking all of those fantastic journalistic questions. A lot of people create content because they feel like they should. Uh, they have a podcast and they say, oh man, I've got an episode that I need to get out by Monday. Yep. You're laughing because I've been here too. And you're like, oh, what am I going to talk about? Who am I going to interview? Oh, I'll just, you know, quick, get something out there. Uh, we've all been there. I've been there many, many times, many times. Um, and the same thing is true of if you have a regular blog, if you have posts, or even if you're working in marketing yourself and you're doing some kind of marketing uh, for a company, if you're doing a company blog, if you're doing social media and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to tweet today. What am I going to tweet? It really helps uh, for you to do a number of things uh, that will prepare you for success. And that is not only asking those questions about each and every piece of content you're creating, but to be prepared to understand what's coming up, how you can anticipate what your audience will want and need from you, and how you can address those wants and needs with the content that you're creating. Um, and so some examples of this are If you have a Halloween costume blog, uh, you're not going to do all of your work in just the week of Halloween. You're going to want to... Uh obviously plan things out beforehand, but also think about what you're going to be doing the rest of the year and how you can keep people interested in that seasonal thing throughout the year. And you do that with a content strategy with a plan. And um, what that also entails is taking a look at especially who your audience is and what they want from you and making sure ahead of time that you're setting that expectation and that you understand what you want out of your audience. Like what is your end goal? Why are you creating these things for your audience? So understanding your own expectations, understanding their expectations and meeting them. And so um, one of the things when I talk about this is um, a, a lot of good content creation comes from adding value. It comes from giving and not necessarily what you want to give, but giving what people want from you. Um, so a way that I do this is in stages. And so I, I encourage people to number one, understand what it is that is important to you, what message you're trying to say. Often this can come in the form of a mission statement or a vision statement. Um, it can come in the form of just you writing down a paragraph of, hey, this is what I want out of this whole experience. I want people to ultimately um, buy my course or sign up for my coaching program or just listen to my podcast or follow me on Twitter. Um, write down what it is you want to share and what your expectations are of your audience. Uh, second, I would encourage you to identify your audience. Um, so 
really understand not only their demographics, because I think a lot of people stop at demographics and they say, okay, I want to talk to women age 25 to 34 uh, living in this area of the country, and I want to help them do this. Like that's all well and good, but demographics aren't everything. I, I What I want to encourage you to do is go beyond demographics and look at who these people actually are in aggregate. And, and one way to do that is not just with traditional demographics, but also in understanding um, what do they want? What is valuable to them? Where are they? Where are they hanging out in person and online? Um, what are their hopes and dreams? What are their hobbies? What are their favorite TV shows? Really get inside the head of your audience so that you understand them and you know what value is to them and you know how and when and where to deliver that value. Um, and then step three is just creating content that is valuable, creating content that gives. Um, you may have heard of and even spoken about the 80-20 rule on this show before. Uh, and that to me is 80% of the time you should be giving value. You should be delivering value. You should be helping people. And then 20% of the time you can say, uh, you can take. And so that's saying, hey, sign up for my course or hey, follow me on Instagram or subscribe to my podcast or so 20% of that is asking. And so um, making sure that you follow that with your content creation. Um, I feel like this is a very long-winded answer, but that's sort of a uh, content strategy in a nutshell. <laughs> yes, in a nutshell, but that were some really good points you mentioned there on what to keep in mind when you come up with your strategy and really plan things a long time ahead because I guess a lot of people are falling into this trap and just thinking, oh, it's Friday and I yes. have to come up with something on Monday. So <laughs> this is really easy. This is the other trap when you are self-employed to fall into and yes. uh, <laughs> a strategy here can really help. And I have also some questions for you, Sarah, about creative rituals and how you are planning your day. But before we dive into this, I wanted to make sure that everyone in the audience gets to know more about your work. And before we started recording, you mentioned that you have an amazing course, the Podcast Now Masterclass, where everyone who is interested actually in feeling now so motivated that they should start their own <laughs> podcast. Can you give us some insights on the class and where people can enroll? Absolutely. It is it is a large class. And, and I don't mean that by the number of students taking it. I mean that in the sense of it is everything. Uh, it walks you through not only the content strategy like we just talked about for your podcast. So understanding your audience demographics, understanding your mission statement, understanding all of that stuff that will give you the foundations that you need for a successful show. But it also walks you through um, content creation. It walks you through branding and marketing. Uh, you'll end up with a brand guide for your show, your artwork, seriously walks you through everything that you could ever want, including hosting, uh, microphone techniques, all of that good stuff. Um, and it, again, it is called the Podcast Now Masterclass, and you can sign up for it out at sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. Uh, I offer the class three times a year in February, June, and I think October. I should probably know that off the top of my head. Um, so right now, if you go there, you'll probably see um, a wait list you can sign up for and I will email you when the course is open for enrollment. So 
Yeah, it, it has uh, 52 video lessons. There are, so there's a ton of video content out there that will help walk you through everything you need to know. Uh, workbooks, worksheets, um, there's a private Facebook group, um, monthly um, live streams that answer questions. So ton of content out there that I spent a lot of time creating. Uh, so hopefully you'll check it out and get some value from it. Wow, that is so cool, Sarah. And I wish I had this course when I started my podcast. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Because I did everything with trial and error. So Me like too. I learned magic when I was a little kid, I just locked myself into my room and tried everything <laughs> in the magic set until it worked. So, And I kind of kept this strategy, but I'm now also shifting my mind. So when I'm learning new things, I'm doing my best to get mentors and coaches to save myself all this time and energy and also frustration to just get where I want to be faster. And I'm sure for everyone who wants to get started in podcasting, your class can definitely do that. So uh, thanks for creating that. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, thank you for giving me space to talk yeah, about it. I sure. appreciate it. Sure. And then also to mention again, your two podcasts, To, uh, so that we have the whole podcasting topic covered. It is <laughs> Right Now, the Right Now podcast for everyone interested in writing. And you have this Girl in Space podcast that is an audio drama. So everyone yes. listening, go to your favorite podcast listening platform and subscribe to Sarah's shows. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. And now... On to my next questions. I mentioned that. So I'm as a magician, I'm of course a fan of this ritual. So it has this mystical thing to it. And I rather call it rituals than habits. Actually, in mm. end, it's the same. But can you share here some creative rituals you have, Sarah, maybe to get into the creative mood, to come up with some good ideas and just get into the flow? Because we all know, so it's perfect when you are really in this flow state. This is what gets the best results. Mm. That's a fantastic question. And interestingly, it's the, the rituals I have are the same whether I'm writing or podcasting. So I don't know what that says. Maybe that's just good flow in and of itself. But for me, um, my rituals are I wake up in the morning and I say my affirmations. And so I have several affirmations Um And they're not just creative. They're, they're, there's a few creative ones. There's a few for me as a business owner. And there's a few just for me for mindset. And I go through my affirmations. I think at this point, I probably have about 20 of them. So I sit down, I look at them, I focus on them. Uh, and I do that while I have my first cup of coffee because I drink a lot of coffee throughout the day. <laughs> so I have my breakfast, I have my coffee. Uh, I make sure I'm drinking a lot of water. I say my affirmations. And then on a good day, I won't check my email. That's that's an important part of the ritual for me and doing it right is not immediately jumping jumping into a place of distraction because that's really easy for me to get distracted by email. I have four different email accounts, uh, one for each of my shows, one for my business and a personal one. And it's really easy to go down a rabbit hole and have all of my energy for the day sucked up by email and not uh, going toward a good creative production. So 
if 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 my willpower is strong enough, uh, then I don't check my email and I get right into creation. Uh, if my if my willpower is a little bit weaker, then either I'll give into checking my email, which means that I'm not going to have a great creative day, or I have this app on my computer called the Freedom app. And what it does is you um, click on the little butterfly icon, and it doesn't let you access your email <laughs> or your social media or anything, and it's. Um, it's sort of like my babysitter. And sometimes I need to rely on that as well. That's um, so cool. <laughs> just because, you know, you, you like to think that you're a professional, but it's just so easy to get, it's, it's easy to let yourself get distracted even after you've had your coffee and said your affirmations and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a really good day. I'm going to produce so much. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get distracted. So that, that helps. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Um, and, and then I spend the rest of the day creating. Um, I try to do that from my home office, although often, um, I need other people too. And so I'll go out to a coffee shop or I'll go to basically coffee shops. There's a lot of them here where I live. So I kind of have my choice and I'll work from there, making sure that I'm doing creative work, making sure that I'm taking time to, um, sort of the opposite of what we talked about earlier, making sure I'm taking time to consume as well as create, because if I had my way, I would just be writing and podcasting all day, every day. Um, but I do need time to listen to other podcasts and to read other books just so that I have have that idea flow going through so that um, I'm feeding my brain interesting ideas and thus generating interesting ideas of my own. So, um, yeah, so then in the in the evening, around 8pm, sometimes uh, my husband, who's also a creator will have what we call a power hour. And so we'll sit down for an hour and just cap off the day with some really intensive, creative work. And so he's working on his work, and I'm working on my work. And then we'll relax and watch a movie and have dinner and all of that good stuff. So that's sort of what my what my ritual looks like. Very cool rituals, and I, I like your description of how you consume and produce. I think this is then just perfect when it comes like in this waves, and yes. it's, it's not good to get uh, stuck in one of the two fields. So I also think it's it's best when you have time to really consume and then like transform it into something individual and then bring it out. But as I said, so most people I think get really stuck into just consuming and uh, mm -hmm. I do the same because I, I love to consume but I like you have my hours where I just create so I sit down come up with ideas strategies podcast episodes looking for uh, interesting interview guests and I think this is then the best to go full circle there yes Sarah when you are creating What would you say, how much are you affected by your environment? And when you write or podcast, do you kind of change the environment or the place you are working or do you everything in one place? Do you do, you do everything at home or do you like to go to other places to be creative? What works best for you? That is such an interesting question. And sorry, there's a snowplow going past and I hope it's not too loud um, because it's of course snowing here. We have feet and feet of snow. Wow. Um, <laughs> so sorry, my apologies. I don't know how loud that came across on your end. Hopefully you can cut it out. Um, so looking at where we create things, I struggle with this. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, I struggle with this because 
I go back and forth. Oh, sorry, it's really loud. Yeah, that's true podcasting. So this is like life <laughs> entertainment when I'm on stage, and I always love to leave these things yep. in the show because okay, it makes good. them them really special. So I I once interviewed uh, Tommy Breedlove, and he was in the middle of a storm. So we we weren't sure if the connection would uh, stay till the end of the interview, but it was so cool. And he said in the end it was one of his best interviews. So it's really oh, good. Funny. Uh, yeah. You never know. So, uh, well, yeah, good, that's yeah. interesting. So we have the surround sound, the cinema surround yeah, sound. Exactly. With it. Cool. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, my apologies for that, but hopefully it adds interest. Um, yeah. It adds to the environment maybe of what of we're course, doing, since exactly. that's the question that we're talking about. <laughs> um, so, so this is, this is a real challenge for me because as a creative person, you don't want your creativity to be limited by anything. Or, or at least I don't. I want to be able to, wherever I am, I travel a lot because I, I speak a lot. And so I want to be able to create with the same quality and intensity and focus uh, from an airport terminal that I do from my office or from a coffee shop or from anywhere. You, I, I want that. I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to do that for writing as well as podcasting. So I even bought this little travel microphone that I can take with me on the road so that I can podcast from wherever I am. And, and I say that as, as something that I want, but it's also not incredibly realistic um, because I found that when I'm traveling, when I'm on the road, when I'm, when I'm in airports, um, you, you're in a different mind space. You're, you're tired. Uh, you're, you're weary. You're maybe, uh, you're in a different energy space. Um, what, whatever that means for you, for me, it's, uh, I'm a little anxious. I'm a little stressed. I'm a little tired. I'm away from home. So I'm feeling weird. Um, I'm not at my desk and I have my desk, my writing desk, which I'm speaking to you from right now, set up in a very specific way. I have a lot of plants. I have, um, some beautiful motivational scripts, uh, on the walls. I have flowers. I have lamps. I have candles. I have all of these very beautiful, soft things, um, that I, that I like to use to encourage myself to create. And so being within that creative space and being outside of that creative space, that environment that we've cultivated, um, can be tricky. So I, I purposefully cultivate a space for my creativity, but I'm away from it a lot. And, um, so, so for me, environment is both extremely meaningful because I very intentionally created this environment, but it's also not meaningful because I'm away from it so much and I want to be creative regardless of that environment. And so right now in this, in this, in this space in my life and at this time in my life, um, I'm a little confused about the role that my environment plays in my creativity just because, um, I'm, I'm constantly in and out of that environment. Um, so I, I wish I had something important or, uh, meaningful to say about it just other than I'm sort of experimenting with what that looks like right now. And I have noticed a little bit of a difference, um, in the things that I create based on where I am, but at the same time, it's still me who's doing the creating and it's still my voice that's coming across and it's still my message. And so the things that I create are still rooted in the same values and in the same mindset. Um, I mentioned affirmations earlier. I take those with me when I travel and I read my affirmations. And so I try to center myself regardless of what environment I'm in. Um, but at the same time, uh, your environment does, uh, it does affect you. And so that's my very wishy-washy response to that. 
<laughs> yeah, but still cool. And I think it's really easy to underestimate the power of environment and how much environment actually can affect you. And I think there are two perspectives to this. So when you are at home, you feel more in control. And I mm. think it's easier to really focus because there are not so many distractions and you keep control of them. And The other thing is when you are traveling, you have a lot of new triggers out there mm. because you can't control this environment, but it can also be positive when you are creating because you never know who you met at the airport or what happens that so you could come up with a brand new story and you wouldn't have got this idea at home at your desk so right. i think it's the same with this consuming and producing exactly so sometimes it's it's really good to lock yourself away and be in your environment what you created and then other times it's good to go out into the world traveling making all these experiences getting all the impulses and then getting back home and creating something amazing out of it absolutely you put it so well absolutely yes <laughs> Perfect. So we really got the environment question now, even with uh, our special surround sound on your side. <laughs> <laughs> that showed also that environment is there and you never know what happens next, even at your home desk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Sarah, so before we wrap up this uh, amazing episode with you, I first of all wanted to thank you so much for coming on to Pure Mind Magic. You have been an amazing guest and it was such an honor to talk to you today. Oh, the absolute same. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the interview. I am so honored and so grateful to be on your show today um, and to speak with your audience. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. You're very welcome, Sarah. And I would leave the last words of this episode up to you. I mm. always love to leave the audience in an inspired and uplifting state to be ready to create some magic today or tonight whenever they are listening to it. So you can pick anything you like from your favorite quote or a good advice you got from a mentor or just something from your own creativity. So I know you have uh, a lot of content in your mind. I do. <laughs> so, And I'm like thinking, which one do I want yeah, to share? I thought so. So <laughs> Because you are so special, you could even share two today. So special <laughs> thing for you. And yeah, so all I can say now, Sarah, is the stage is yours. Oh, thank you. I am going to share two things. I'm going to be very bold and do that. Um, the first thing I want to share is something that a mentor shared with me years ago. And at the time, I was dealing with a lot of fear. And fear is a very... It can be a very toxic mind space to be in and a very toxic mindset to have. And what this person said to me was because at the time I was afraid to submit any of my creative work to people because I was afraid of rejection. And what she said to me helped me to become more bold and less afraid of submitting my work. And that was, she said, make them tell you no make them tell you no. And that was so 
incredibly empowering to me for a number of reasons. First of which I was in control of the situation. I was submitting my work to them and that I could go in boldly expecting them to say no and be rejected and still find value in the, the, the act of doing that anyway. And so if you are right now, if you are afraid of starting your podcast, if you're afraid of submitting your novel to an agent, whatever it is that you have that you're doing, make them tell you no. Go boldly forward and submit your work and keep submitting it. You're going to be amazing. I think the other thing that I would like to share um, is, is a little bit similar to that first advice, and that is um, do it anyway. You're going to have a lot of people telling you no. You're going to have a lot of people telling you that you shouldn't do this or no, you don't have the right voice for this or no, uh, yeah, no, mm -mm. you need a lot of experience before you can become a writer. Don't listen to any of them. If you have something in your heart that is compelling you to create, that is pushing you forward, if you have a message that you need to share, do it anyway. If you're scared of podcasting equipment, do it anyway. Because the best time to start is now. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all start right now after hearing this advice from Sarah herself. And also you heard that she's offering a podcast now masterclass now in June coming up. So make sure you check that out on her website that will be in the show notes directly below this episode in the text. Also, as I mentioned in the beginning, that the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass with 20 masterclass lessons from successful entrepreneurs worldwide, some of them even make an eight-figure income a year. So definitely look into that. Those are all video sessions about an hour that you can learn from. So check it out. The link to get your free ticket for the whole online convention is also in the show notes of this episode. And now you're asking yourself maybe what's coming up in the next episode of Pure Mind Magic, the midweek motivation for next week. And I just came back from my balcony in the sun and had this great idea because I made some decisions today and I will fly to, to Spain next week and Because of that, I thought I'm going to do an episode and let you know of all the inspirations and things around that, thoughts and yeah, inspirations in general with the name How to Make Money Flying Business Class. I just thought that's kind of a magical title for this episode, a headline, and there is kind of this magic hack that I found. So tune in next Wednesday to this episode and so far, so far, I think you have a lot to do for the weekend with the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass. When you have any topic suggestion, uh, please contact me anytime or leave a comment with your idea. I think ideas are really gold and this was a very creative interview today with Sarah talking about all this creation, all this content and creativity. So have a beautiful weekend. I hope it is as sunny as it is in Germany right now in Munich. So talk to you soon. Until then, create some magic. 